Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Good morning. From Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Well, today is the first Sunday in Advent. I don't have a list for you of things to do like Josh did last week. So you're on your own. Advent is observed by Christian denominations worldwide to mark the start of the spiritual period of preparation for the celebration of Jesus' birth on Christmas Day and the beginning of a new Christian year. I have learned that there's no certainty on when the Advent season came to be. However, it was certainly in existence from about 480 with the introduction of kind of a novelty that ordered monks to fast every day in December until Christmas. According to St. Gregory of Tours, the celebration of Advent began in the fifth century when Bishop Perpetuus, don't you love that name? directed the start of fasting three times a week from St. Martin's Day on November 11th until Christmas. Advent was then sometimes also named Lent of St. Martin. And by the year 581, all of France was abiding by this practice. And in fact, more devout followers fasted every day. Well, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Makes your list kind of short. In the 13th century, fasting wasn't commonly practiced, although it was generally observed, and was then limited to the period from the Feast of St. Andrew on November 30 until Christmas Day, and falls on the Sunday closest to St. Andrew's Day, or the fourth Sunday before Christmas. And it emphasizes its Advent as a season of hope for Christ's resurrection. And since this is the first Sunday in Advent, that means there are only three more Sundays, then the fourth one will be Christmas Day. This year, there's a quick transition between Thanksgiving and the first Sunday, uh, the first Sunday in Advent. I kind of like it when there's a Sunday in between, when we can enjoy Thanksgiving a week longer. I know many families celebrate the Thanksgiving Day holiday the Sunday after Thanksgiving, or some the Sunday before Thanksgiving 
before Thanksgiving. So some of you will be having your Thanksgiving feast today. During COVID, that ugly word again, many of us celebrated Thanksgiving in our garage. We took the turkey and all the other sides outside and we ate and we laughed and celebrated what we had on our coats and our scarves and all was well, wasn't it? Frankly, I think we who will remember COVID will always measure time with before COVID, during COVID and after COVID. I know I will. Frankly, I loved it when we got together on our driveways in the morning for coffee, or we'd have a bring your own supper and ate on the driveway. Love always finds a way, doesn't it? Truthfully, one of the suggested scriptures for today, which I'm using, reminds me of the pandemic. It didn't used to, obviously, but it brought, it brought some fear to me. When you ponder the words. But when I read it out loud to you this morning, you think of it with COVID in mind and see if that's what could, could come into your mind. It's from Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. And it's entitled, No One Knows the Day and the Hour. And it goes like this. No one knows when that day and hour will come. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son. The Father alone knows. The coming of man will be like what happened in the time of Noah. In the days before the flood, people ate and drank, men and women got married, up to the very day Noah went into the boat. Yet they didn't realize what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. That's how it will be when the Son of Man comes. At that time, two men will be working in a field. One will be taken away, the other will be left behind. Two women will be at a mill, grinding meal. One will be taken away, the other will be left behind. Watch out then because you don't know what day your Lord will come. If the owner of a house knew the time when the thief would come, you can be sure he would stay awake and not let the thief break into the house. So then, you must always be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you are not expecting him. May the Lord bless the reading, the hearing, and the keeping of his holy word. Amen. 
So what do you think? Might that be what happened when the pandemic suddenly came and we were all condemned to stay in our houses? Stores were closed, schools, offices, remember? And even then, one or two were chosen out of a household, out of a classroom, out of a grocery store, and so on. And don't you think this is a rather morbid scripture to choose for the first Sunday in Advent when we're looking for Christmas in a few weeks to the birth of the Christ child? With the first Sunday at Advent does come preparation for Christmas. Some are in a panic already. The shopping, the wrapping, the Christmas cards, decorating the house, planning the menu, what to serve, all the baking. Are they coming here this year? Or are we going there? And so it goes. It's also a time of remembrance, isn't it? I know it is for me. My memory takes me back to a little church and all those beloved people that sat in those pews. As a child and as a teenager, I was always kind of intimidated by all those grown-ups, parents of my friends. And then my mind goes to that little house in the country where my brothers and I lived with my parents. Our Christmas tree was one that we cut down from out of the woods. It was a, always a cedar tree. And one thing we decorated with was icicles. You know, not real icicles, but those silver tinsel strips. At the end, you got tired of placing one by one, you threw them, right? So with some red and green balls. No, we didn't string popcorn and cranberries like the Waltons did. But we did make popcorn balls and fudge laced with hickory nuts and walnuts, black walnuts, yum. And we never knew who was gonna come to share our Christmas dinner. Those were the days before telephones. So it was always a surprise, but lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and my grandma. Presents weren't a big thing back then, but sometimes someone would garner a crate of oranges. Our eyes would get really big to see those. And coconuts. Our dads would take a hammer and a nail and make a hole in the eyes and we'd drink that coconut milk that they would pour into a glass for us. Sounds rather simple, but doesn't it, in today's terms? And I was thinking about this. That house in Southern Illinois is now gone. My parents and my brothers are gone now too. All those aunts and uncles and my cousins 
my grandma. But what lingers is the spirit that was there. You know, when it comes right down to it, a house is just a house. But what's special about that house is the spirit that dwell there. The memory of that feeling you got when you walked in the door, the feeling of welcome and of belonging. Maybe it was the kind of smell. Well, that's what I get when I walk in the door of this church now. I feel the spirit of those who I worshiped with a long time ago, that great cloud of witnesses. And I can feel the spirit of all of you, welcoming and loving. One of the moments, one of the mothers I used to know here said that church was the only place where her children could come back to and know they were welcome and were known. The schools they attended, nobody remembers them. The teachers who knew them have moved on. And of course, their classmates are long gone now too, moved away just like they have. But church, there's where they're remembered. We lovingly remember them and their parents. The spirit lingers on. You'd think that eventually that would be gone too. But it isn't, it's forever here. Going back to the meaning of Advent, for Christians today, it's the traditional beginning of our liturgical year. As you know, a new year is always an opportunity for growth, for restoration, and for renewal. The major celebration of Advent is, of course, the birth of Christ, a hopeful time in that it paints a better future for us and for the world. The Advent season is also a time for personal reflection. It gives us an opportunity to renew our faith and to solidify our relationship with God. As you've already witnessed this morning, we started lighting the Advent wreath candles, a Christian tra tradition that symbolizes the passage of the four weeks of Advent and serves as a symbol of reverence. The four Sundays of Advent represent the four virtues extolled by Christ, hope, love, joy, and peace. Symbolic of the first Sunday in Advent is purple. It's historically the main color of Advent, because it reflects penitence, fasting, and a color of royalty to welcome the advent of Jesus the Christ. 
A fun thing that my children and grandchildren, and now my great-granddaughter, always liked to do was have an advent calendar. You know what those are. It's a calendar leading up to Christmas where there are little doors that you open every day with the number of the day on them. And you'd open up the appropriate door every day and sometimes there'd be a saying under there or a scripture reading or even better, a piece of chocolate, right? Some new traditions have popped up. You get a box or a basket and on each day of December, you put in a can of veggies or fruit or maybe a box of cereal or some other food thing. And on the last day, you take it to a food pantry. Good idea, right? And of course, we all know that it's the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't it? Well, maybe. For some, perhaps it is. But for a whole bunch of people, maybe not. If you've ever watched the movies on Hallmark, you know darn well what's going to happen. When it starts, there's the crisis. They're going to lose the farm. They're going to lose the ranch. They're going to lose its door. And the drama begins. And when it ends, the guy always gets the girl and everything ends happy. And here's the scene of the whole group seated at the table, eating their Christmas merry roast of beef, and they're all singing happy songs. But they don't show the lonely woman whose husband has left her or died and she's wondering how to make a happy Christmas for her children. Or the young man who's trying to create a happy Christmas with not very much money in his pocket for his children. Or the one who is spending the holidays by him or herself. Wondering how in the heck did I end up here this way? Maybe they're looking at a tiny tree sitting on an end table. It's not always the most wonderful time of the year, is it? I'm sure some of your Christmases have not always been the most wonderful time of the year. But that's where we can come in and others like us. We provide a place where people are welcome to join us in singing the Christmas carols. And you know, churches are about the only places for many to come and hear the Christmas music and hear the Christmas story once again, to hear how the Holy Family traveled, to hear once more how the baby was born in the manger, with cows and sheep and other animals standing guard, gazing upon the manger and how the shepherds came and how the kings came with gifts. And this child, 
offered us all hope once again. Hope that he would bring us that holy gift of knowing that there'd be better days ahead. With the faith of knowing that we can all wake up tomorrow morning and each morning with a new song in our hearts, delighting in our newfound faith of being cared for. The faith of knowing all will be well. Preparations can now begin in earnest. Preparations to celebrate the birth of the Christ child once again in the manner in which we feel is best for us. The holidays are upon us. Let the preparations begin in whatever ways you enjoy. The holidays might mean baking, buying gifts, setting up a tree, all of this for our loved ones, as they did for that babe in the manger. Then attending church to hear that story once again, to sing carols, and to be with the ones that you love here at church, maybe traveling to other places. With hope and joy and love and peace in our hearts, let's begin. And may we all feel a special kind of love and cheer on the way to Bethlehem this year. May families and friends together find a special kind of love and cheer on our way to Bethlehem this year. Amen. <laughs> 